And now, your host for tonight's show, World's Greatest Disc Jockey. Maybe it was Casey. Maybe it was weekend guy Casey. I, I gotta punch that kid in the face. <coughs> Big dumb redheaded over. Alrighty. I went with water this time. Delivery guy during the day. Water's much better. I should have used water every time. I'll get like an energy drink sometimes before I start this thing. Energy drinks are terrible. I, I've been saying for years I gotta get off those fucking things. I gotta cut back on the caffeine in general. I drink way too much fucking caffeine. What's up? What's up? Episode seven. That's where shit starts getting fun, right? Well, you don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess this. Shit starts getting fun here. I almost stopped doing this. Uh, I gotta be honest. I hit that, like, I try to come in and record, you know, and try to work on this thing like two or three days a week, and I, like, I I put it off this week. I've been kind of procrastinating. Caught myself stalling and procrastinating a little bit. I had to, uh, had to catch myself. Because I, I thought about the shit I was getting to, and the shit I didn't really think, you know, too much about when I decided to start doing this. You know what I mean? Like, I'd, <laughs> I forgot I was going to have to get to this point. Uh, okay, so I decided to start doing this. I don't know. I didn't know what else to do. Like, I had all, I have all these experiences and feelings and memories that, like, I don't have anything to do with. And I know they weren't for nothing. You know what I mean? There's no way. There's no way you just you just go through what you go through, and it doesn't matter. It matters, but you got to make it matter. You know? You got to make it mean something. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I just I just mean, like, I can't go on the radio and talk about this shit. You know, my East Coast friends, they have their perspective. Uh, my people in the West, they have theirs too. And, you know, everybody in your life sees you from their one perspective. And I don't know. This is my perspective. This is, you know, this is my experience. Uh, and, I, you know, I know I'm not the only one who has done the things that I've done uh, and has felt the things that I've felt, you know, uh, but I don't like, I don't have an outlet. So I decided to kind of make this my outlet and I know how original, right? Um, this is what it was through my eyes. This, this is, this, these are my experiences. That's kind of why I decided. That's why I decided that bleh, fuck me, dude. Talk, dude. Talk. That is why I decided to start doing this. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is, this is my shit. This is, this is my resume. You want my work history? I'll give it to you, dog. You know, here's what I was thinking during the time, or wasn't thinking. And so, I'm just telling my story the best way I can. The best of my ability. But also, I'm not trying to beat myself up too much. You know, everybody's got a story. The, the, you know, this one's mine. Uh, I don't have, like, an agenda with this. I don't think. I don't really have a, a laid-out plan. This shit's really for me, if I can be honest. Who listens and what they may or may not think? I can't really help that. Uh, but I figure if I die before 30, at least my story will have been told in my own words. Uh, I'm just speaking into the void, dude. <laughs> Whatever happens, uh, I guess, is going to happen. Most likely nothing. Most likely I'll record this. I'll put it out, and then like my mom will listen, and a few friends will be generous enough to lie to me and say how good it was. And then I'll just have to keep waking up and going to work every day and working on ways to make more than $35,000 a year. If I can make $60,000 in one year, then also before I die, not only will my story have been told, but also I could die happy. <laughs> if I could somehow manage to make over $60,000 in one year, given how fucking stupid I am and how big my carrot top head is, 
I mean, I'd be thrilled to hit 50000 but I, you know, I don't see how making $60,000 in one year is ever going to be possible with this oversized copper cranium. <laughs> That'd be a miracle. I'm working on it, Ma. I promise. Look, you gave birth to a moron, Ma, okay? I'm doing the best I can with the genetics I got. I'm five foot nine, a little on the thick side, with bright red hair and slightly below average IQ. It's not necessarily Forrest Gump bad, but you know we would have been tight. So bear with me. You know, look, my mom she consummated with a mechanic from Sunoco. How much do you really expect from me? All things considering, you're lucky I'm, I'm where I'm at. I could be in a ditch, dead, addicted to crack. You know, so swing for the fucking fences, man. That's all you can do. You fucking swing. Swing for the fucking fences. If you aren't going to swing, sit on the bench, dude. You know, I might lose the game, but I'm going to play my ass off on the field. Otherwise, what the fuck are we doing here? Waiting to die? I get anxious in the dentist's office. That's why I pick up, thumb through, but don't read 15 magazines, dude. You think I'm just going to wait around and die? I, I can't do that. I mean, I can. I could. But while I wait to die, you might as well try to live as much as you can, right? That should be on Pinterest. That should be on fucking Pinterest. While I wait to die... I try to live as much as I can. Something like that. Pinterest that shit and then get back to me. But I came up with it first. Write it down. <laughs> I don't. I have no clue what I'm talking about. I have no idea what I'm talking about. Uh, I just figure, you know, like, swinging and missing is better than sitting it out and hating on the ones on the field. You know, even guys with a below 250 batting average hit a grand slam every once in a while. I'm thankful I have the ability to go after the things I want to, no matter how uh, idiotic the manner in which I go after them is. So, you probably strike out, dude, but I'm going to try. Casey at the Bat. That story fucked me up when I was a kid. Do you know Casey at the Bat, the short story? It's a famous short story. It was written in like the late 1800s, if you haven't. Professional broadcasting. Whew. If you're unfamiliar, look it up. It's a short story. It fucked me up when I was a kid. I'm serious. I think they read that thing to me. At way too early of an age. I was having issues in elementary school. I didn't need, you know, a failure folk hero attached to my name. That's not the identity I needed (laughs) to associate with. If I wasn't read that story in elementary school, I think my life would be much better. I think I'd be working for Google by now or some shit like that. I wouldn't be friends with Jeff Bezos, but it'd only be like three or four degrees of separation between us. I can make a few phone calls, probably cash in a favor or two, wind up hanging out with Bezos. And he would like me too, man. We'd be friends quick. Bet your sweet ass. You know, doing the best I can with what I got. It's all you can do, right? That's life. Say la vie. La vie. Uh, okay. Before, okay. So before I get into the dumb shit I did after getting fired, I want to let you know that over the next, uh, over the course of the next twelve months, every decision I make is a really fucking bad one. It's a really, <laughs> really stupid one. It was a year full of poor decision making. And uh, nothing I did really made any sense. Uh, I'm still working on putting together all of the pieces I broke that year. It's a work in progress. There's a few left to put in place, even in 2020, and a few that I'm not quite sure where they came from. (laughs) I'm trying to organize it. All righty, let me take a drink of the water here, and I guess we'll get into this horseshit. Water is way better than energy drinks. And Gatorade, too. Water is better than Gatorade. All right, so where do we leave off? Okay. Take a look at the notes here. All right, so Fat Boy gets fired. I sobbed over a Wendy's triple baconator, called my mommy, made the mistake of calling my dad. Uh, nothing against my dad, but he's not the most sympathetic 
man in the world. Uh, quick story, because it's one of my favorites, and uh, I am stalling because I don't want to talk about what I have to talk about. When I was like four years old, I was riding my bike. Two-wheel, mind you. I never had training wheels. I ain't no bitch. Also, I made fun of the kids in the neighborhood who wore helmets. <laughs> anyway, I was riding my bike in the hood, and our, our house was on a hill. The, the whole neighborhood was on a hill. So I'd start at the top of the street, top of the hill, and I would ride down. I was four, and I was a badass. So I rode down the hill uh, once, <laughs> and uh, this one time, uh, I, I think it was like a birthday or something, too. Somebody's birthday. It was some kind of party we were having at the house. I was riding down the hill, and I smashed into a concrete pillar. I rode my bike straight into a concrete pillar that was at the end of one of the neighbor's driveways, kind of like a decorative concrete pillar that you'd have there. Uh, because I was four, and I was riding a two-wheel bike, and I should have had training wheels and also a helmet. But I hit the corner of the pillar, and I split my upper lip and the bottom of my nose like curtains. So my dad had to take me to the hospital, and he took me he took me to the hospital in his this 64 Chevelle convertible that he rebuilt. Fairly certain it was a small block, 327. Red line tires, that thing was sharp, but it was a nice, really nice convertible. Um, but it had blue leather seats, and he took me to the hospital, uh... And I swear to God, this is a true story. My face is just split open. He looks down at his bleeding four-year-old. You know, face is nearly cut in half. And he goes, you bleed on my seats and I'll whip your ass. <laughs> I mean, I get it. They were nice seats. Okay, all right, enough bullshit. Anyway, once I got fired, uh, my first instinct, my first feeling, I think, was my career is over. It's all over, dude. Everything's over. Kaput. Put a fork in me. I'm done. I got fired. Uh, there was two companies in town. There was two broadcasting media companies in town. So um, I immediately contacted the other company in town, the other broadcasting company, Alpha Media. They had a few stations, a rock station, a country station, and I don't know, a couple other ones. I can't remember. Um, but I hit them up. I mean, I was the competing afternoon guy. I did beat them in the ratings the one quarter. So, I mean, I got I got some play. You know what I mean? I got I got some negotiating, I guess, maybe. Thought I did. I had some weight. Uh, anyway, I, th- I think I beat them in the ratings. Fairly certain. I got to go back and look. Uh, stand by on that. But I went to them. I called them up, and they agreed to meet with me. I can't remember, but the I can't remember her name. But the spin class of that building. <laughs> so like, uh, the manage the general manager of that building agreed to meet with me. I think it was the following Monday after I got fired. So I met up with her. She gave me the tour of the building. Offered me a fresca. The whole, <laughs> the whole nine yards. Um, and I sat down with her and the music director there. I think his name, I can't remember his name. Yeah, I can't remember his name. Um, but I gave them the lowdown, gave them the scoop. I met with them for a good, like, hour and a half. Uh, talked with them about what happened, why I was let go, why I was told I was let go, why I thought I was let go. The whole thing. It's an emotional wreck. Hanging on by a thread. Um, they shook my hand and I left feeling like they might actually use me in the near future. It was a good meeting. I thought so anyway. However, that was the last time I ever spoke to them again. Ever. And I've contacted them a whole bunch of times since. Like, I tried following up. I think me and the Alpha Spin class lady might have had an email exchange, like, once or twice. But uh, but they got the 411 from me and then sent me on my way, those snake motherfuckers. So I started looking for jobs anywhere. Anywhere. Anywhere in the fucking country. Now, I was really panicky. I was panicky, and I was scared 
Like, if you saw me at this time, I was like that kid tweak from South Park. And, I, you know, I was scared and I needed, like, in my mind, I needed to stay in radio. My listeners, my fucking skill set. I'm not done, dude. Like, I, I got to keep going. I'm not done. I'm not done with this. I applied for so many fucking things. I hit up everyone I had met, every connection I had, every avenue was a dead end. No one had anything. You know, they'd keep my resume, send some air checks. We'll keep, you know, keep our file. I'll keep your resume in the top drawer of my desk. We'll see what they can do. Nothing. No. Nothing. Dead ends everywhere. Now, that could be a reflection on me. That's how I took it at the time. I mean, if I was good, in my mind, if I was good, wouldn't people want to work with me? Or me for them, you know? Uh, I thought I was good. Did nobody else? What the fuck, man? You know, I, I busted my ass to get set up out here in Lincoln fucking Nebraska. You can't tell me it's for nothing. You can't tell me that Froggy was my only life source. There's no way. There's no way. There had to be something. There had to be something. Fucking had to be. I don't know. A week or two, maybe three, it went by. This guy, I fucking, I hated this. <laughs> I'm so stupid. Uh, I started getting desperate and more scared. Doe Eyes was still with me. Bless her heart. The hell I was going to put this girl through over the next 12 months. No way she would have stuck by me had she known what was coming. But she did. She stuck by. More on that later. (laughs) So I found a job. uh, Check this out. Professional broadcasting. I found a job in Fayetteville, North Carolina. I was working for a group of stations. Another cluster of stations. Um, I can't remember any of the call letters. I can't remember. I don't even know what the guy's name was uh, that I met with. But I found the posting, applied, and wouldn't you know it, oh, my God, and I got an email that afternoon, which should have been a red flag. They'd love to speak with me. In two days, I had a job. Uh, I did a phone meeting, like two phone meetings, a Skype interview, two very lovely people from Fayetteville, North Carolina. I seriously can't remember their names. I can't remember anybody's name I'm talking about in this episode. It's kind of a blurry time, if you can't tell. Uh, We'll call him the pastor and the pastor's wife. So... Uh, yeah, I decided to go to Fayetteville. My brother lives in Fayetteville, right? He's retired from the Army, called him up, and he told me to come down. So this just, in my mind, made all of the sense in the world. Of course, this was, my brother lives in Fayetteville. There's a job in Fayetteville. This is definitely the avenue that I should be taking. So, packed up the apartment, hit the road. You got questions? What about Doe Eyes? What about the apartment? What about Nebraska? Fuck it! Doe Eyes told me to go, figure it out, she'd wait. The apartment, I paid off the last month's rent, and I fucking left. I should, God, I did, there's so much I didn't think about. Do you understand? Like, all of the things that were going through my mind at this time, there was like twice as much that I should have been thinking about. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. I fucking hate that saying. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I didn't think about anything, man. I got to go. That was what was in my mind. I got to go. My career that I've been working on since I was 20, I can't let it go. I can't. This is This is my only shot. This is my only... The only way I'm ever going to amount to anything is with radio. That's, that's like, for whatever reason, I had that shit drilled in my head. So I drove the 20-some hours to North Carolina, got to my brother's on a Friday, started work on a Monday, and I got fired in two weeks. (laughs) It wasn't a radio station. It wasn't. They sent me in a room. It was yet another, like, house-turned-radio station or, like, dentist office. It was something that wasn't supposed to be a radio station. Turned into a radio station. I got the upstairs bedroom. (laughs) There was a soundboard and a monitor. What my job was to do was to look over the logs for the Super 8 bullshit stations that that they bought all up and down the East Coast. 
And my job was to just voice track. Voice track is just a basic, you know, pre-recorded track that you just kind of plug into the log. And when the system is going, you know, when, when you're hearing music, like if it's not live, it's, that's what we call for pre-recorded voice tracking. Anyway, uh, I would just do ins and outs, back cell, front cell. That was it. I didn't even know the fucking stations I was going on. They literally, the first day, they were like, all right, here's your room. There's the record button. We'll uh, we'll see you in eight hours. They just sit me down and let me go. For eight hours a day, for two weeks, I sat in this room completely by myself and recorded tracks for these stations. Uh, okay, I got to take back something that I said in the last episode. I think I mentioned in, like, the little tease on the back episode, on the last episode, that I, they were militant Christians. I think that was, pro- that was probably a little harsh. Pro- they weren't militant. They were just very... <laughs> <laughs> they were open about it. Chick-fil-A would have been like, all right, we fucking get it. <laughs> they were super Christians. They were nice. They were great people. But yeah, they were, um, I think there was like prayers in the morning meetings, uh, which, you know, you're in North Carolina. And when I first got to North Carolina, this is kind of funny. The the guy, the pastor, he took me to a lunch. Some like real small, like kind of weird cafe. Uh, we got our sandwiches. And uh, we're going to eat and chat and talk shop, talk business. I went and grabbed my pastrami on rye, took a big fucking bite. And he goes, he kind of looks at me like I just, you know. <laughs> Once again, I'm not from here, dog. <laughs> he goes, Casey, let's pray first. All right, well, now this is fucking awkward because now I got to talk to God with brisket in my mouth. <laughs> like, you know. Meanwhile, old Doe Eyes is back in Nebraska waiting on your boy to get his head out of his ass. So I got to get back to the Midwest. That was like the two weeks that I was in Nebraska, like it was occurring to me. I don't know. So it's so fucking hard to kind of keep track, keep tabs on everything that I was thinking at this time because I was thinking so much. So much was going through my head, but like I realized that she was back in Nebraska and like I, I hadn't fallen out of love. I just like I was still feeling that everything that I had feeling, but I was just. My whole world was crashing around me, and I, I was this, this. I guess this was my attempt to try to keep everything that I had together, but not really. Again, I told you, really stupid decisions that didn't, <laughs> that not a lot of thought went in. So, uh, what what wound up happening was, I was like, in my head, I was like, I got to get back to the Midwest at some point. So I found another job posting, uh, and I told you a while ago that part of being in radio that was was always kind of keeping your ear to the ground. You know, with jobs and what's out there and what's kind of going on in the radio world. You know, it's constantly changing. There's constantly new things happening. So, yeah, part of the job is keeping tabs on that shit. You know, keeping your ear to the ground. Well, now it's fucking hunting time. So, I found, coincidentally enough, a country station in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Cool. Uh, Doe Eye's grandparents live in South Dakota. I applied. What wound up happening was the pastor, the guy I worked for, he found the job posting that I had saved on the computer for the job in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. He can't, I, I don't know how, but he, like, he found the, the posting or my application or whatever, and he came up to me the next day or that afternoon, and he goes, uh, he asked me, Casey, is your heart really in this job? That was his question. Is my heart really in this? In all honesty, Father, no, it's not. This is purely out of desperation. I'm just trying to keep names on my resume, but to be straight with you, you're kind of weirding me out, and I miss my girlfriend. Now, I didn't say any of that out loud. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we kind of mutually agreed to part ways in the parking lot of a cookout 
and he gave me two weeks' pay and cash. I'll take it. A lot of memories associated with fast food restaurants, if you haven't picked up on that already. <laughs> so, uh, two weeks in two weeks, North Carolina was a bust. Okay, now what? All right, well, I did do one thing kind of sensible at this time. Uh, I filed for unemployment. Um, and Maryland was seven hours away, so I think I got filed. Uh, I went home for like um, a couple days, maybe a week, week or two. It wasn't long, but I hadn't been home. Like, you know, I, I went, I took a trip home for like a weekend in March of that year. And then I got fired in June. So like I hadn't been home in a few months. So I, I went home for like two weeks thinking, you know, there's some stations, you know, maybe something. It's my hometown. There's gotta be something. I've come back with, you know, I got, you know, my, my teeth are a little bit sharper now. So I got back into town for like 10 days. I started hitting up everybody that I knew. Uh, Boar's Head didn't have any open positions. Neither did any radio station in town. And every position that was available was like for a part-time board op for 3 to 4 a.m., you know, at some fucking ham radio station that's still running on a.m. Anyway, uh, yeah, I was home for like a week or two maybe before I packed up. And for the fourth time in about six weeks, took off. Back to Nebraska. Back across the country. Uh, Doe Eyes was waiting on me. I had made some phone calls. Uh, remember Longbeard? I can't remember if I had mentioned it before. I think I did. Uh, in case I didn't, Longbeard was Doe Eyes' brother. He agreed to let me stay with him at his house while I got on my feet. He knew I was on unemployment. He knew the sitch. He helped me pack up the apartment when I left Nebraska for North Carolina. I'm telling you, you can't. there's not many people on this earth who are better than Longbeard and his lovely lady friend. So he and his lovely lady welcomed me back with open arms in Nebraska, as did Doe Eyes. I will never, mm. <laughs> uh, I will never forget how happy I was when I got back to Nebraska. Saw her, uh, saw Longbeard. It was it was weird. It felt like coming home, and I was just home, and home didn't feel like home. This is weird. <laughs> uh, you know, I just came from home, and nobody seemed to give a shit. I don't think I saw any of my friends. My mom was working. Dad just kept telling me, you know, you'll be all right. Yeah, Nebraska felt like home, which I didn't like that. That was a weird feeling. As soon as I got back, the whole family, <laughs> as soon as I got back to Nebraska, doe eyes, long beard. Uh, we took a trip up to uh, South Dakota, the grandparents' house, ones that I mentioned earlier. Uh, we spent a few days on the boat, drinking, just enjoying the summer, man. South Dakota has a charm to it. I'll say that. It's certainly a Midwest vibe, but there's like an air of like spiritualness, strangely enough, out there. It's kind of hard to describe. Uh, but this wouldn't be my last trip out to South, uh, South Dakota. It was a dope weekend. It was a really dope weekend. Uh, South Dakota's cool as shit. Don't ask me where I was. Can't remember. But I know it was beautiful. <laughs> we were on uh, Longbeard's grandfather's boat. There's nothing better than a fucking boat. I tell you what, the best sleep I ever got was when I lived on a boat in Catalina when I was growing up. It was a 34-foot Tahiti catch. It was a sailboat. All the bunks were in the hall, and it was a heavy, heavy fucking, like, hand-built wooden boat. The water would just rock you to sleep. You could hear the shrimp eating the barnacles on the side of the boat because it was oh, so peaceful. So here I was back in Nebraska, back with my Midwest family. This is normal, right? This is good. You're good, Casey. Don't panic. There's no reason to panic. There's absolutely no reason to have a mental breakdown. You can do this. Right? Case? 
Case. Yo, Case. Where's Casey? Casey went out to fucking lunch. <laughs> I don't know who I became. On the next episode, more stupid decisions, and my life becomes a fucking country song. I know this one was a little shorter. Uh, the next one will probably be a little bit longer of an episode. Uh, yeah, we got a lot of shit to go over the next one. Thanks for listening. Be cool. Be yourself. <laughs>